Thanks for tuning in to the Peace Church Student Ministry Sermon Podcast, a podcast for middle and high school students. Our hope in offering this resource is to see students experience life change through Christ-centered relationships. See, we believe that every student has the opportunity to live their life to the fullest when they choose to live it for Christ. And so with that in mind, let's jump right in. All right, peace students, how are we doing tonight? Real week two coming at you. We are so excited to get to continue in on this series regarding friendship. Um, Last week, I just want to say, man, I hope the Lord used something. I hope that something stuck to you about how you choose your friends wisely or potentially poorly. I hope that something we talked about last week, whether here from the stage or in your life groups, helped you walk into this life and evaluate and kind of just really research and look like, man, am I hanging around the right types of friends? Are they influencing me towards Jesus or away? And tonight I'm even more excited to get to jump further into this series because now that we've kind of gotten that first idea that real friends choose each other wisely, now what we get to do is kind of talk about some specifics, right? And tonight we're going to talk about a topic that is needed in every single friendship you're ever going to have in this life. See, because in friendships, we're all going to mess up. We're not perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. They're not perfect. We're all going to say things that are going to hurt. We're all going to do things that are going to hurt our friends. Friends are going to do and say things that hurt us back, right? You've probably most likely experienced that. That's just how friendships work. It is hard. We are imperfect people. But there's a lesson to be learned in when we say or do something or when a friend says or do something that hurts us. See, in college, I had had three years in Liberty and I lived in the same type of dorm housing called East Campus where it was essentially an apartment-style living. So I lived with six other guys each semester for three years And sometimes they traded in and out. I had different ones. So throughout my college experience, I had a lot of different roommates that I was living with. And we got on each other's nerves. I mean, you're with each other all the time. You have differences. My roommate would stay up late when I was trying to go to bed early. He'd get up early when I was trying to get up late. You know, roommates can be hard in college. And so can friends. But I remember distinctly there was this one time in a friendship that I had where I said something. And honestly, I wasn't proud of it. Like, it didn't really come off to me as like, ooh, that's hurtful. I shouldn't have said that. But to them, it did. And when I look back at it, I realize, man, if that friend or any friend had said that to me, I wouldn't have liked it either. And so anyway, so this friend had a choice. He could either come to me, or sorry, he could either go to others and share what I said to him, how I hurt him, how bad of a person I am, or he could come to me and talk to me about it. He could show me grace in the words that I said. Thank goodness he chose that second option. He chose to come to me. He chose to show me grace and help me walk through how it hurt him. We became, you know, we, we made up, we talked about it. He told me all the things that I said that were hurtful. We moved forward. I mean, as some college friends are, I mean, we don't really talk that much anymore today, but like, we made up, and for the rest of our college time together, we were good on, on good terms. And so tonight, see, the reality is, is that if we've taken our time to choose our friends wisely, we'll find that an important component to a solid friendship 
is grace. See, if you're not aware of what grace is, let me, let me kind of break this down. Because um, sometimes I think we use grace and mercy, right? We have two different types, grace and mercy. We're told that God gives us grace and mercy. God, mercy, on the first hand, mercy is withholding something that you deserve. So mercy is saying, hey, you deserve this punishment, but I'm going to withhold it from you. Grace, on the other hand, is saying, hey, you don't deserve this at all, but I'm going to give it to you anyways. That's how true friends stick together. They show each other grace. They say, hey, even though you hurt me and don't deserve my forgiveness, I'm going to give it to you anyways. That's what grace is. And tonight in our passage, we're going to be in Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 1 and going a little ways in. If you don't have your Bible, it's okay. It'll be on the word. The words will be on the screen behind us so that you can keep along with us. But in Acts chapter 9, we're going to meet this man named Saul of Tarsus. We'll give you a little more background on Saul of Tarsus if you're not aware of who he is in just a minute. But then we're going to have a second guy, and his name is Ananias. And together, this story in Acts chapter 9 is going to help us see between Saul and Ananias, the relationship they ended up having how grace is such an important role in our friendships. And so it's going to be on the words behind me. It's going to be on the screen behind me, so follow along. Sorry, in verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked them for letters to the synagogue in Damascus, so that if he may found any there who belonged to the way, the way is simply the Christian life, the followers of Jesus, the way. If he found any who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. I want to stop right there. Why is Jesus saying, I'm the one you are persecuting? Saul's not persecuting Jesus, right? He's, he's persecuting his followers. He's persecuting Christians. He's persecuting Jesus' followers. But see, what is important here to know is what he's telling Saul is, hey, when you persecute believers, when you persecute Christians, you're persecuting me. It, it's interchangeable. There isn't way, a way to hurt a Christian without hurting God's heart. So continuing on, now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from, from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. And so I'm going to sum it up real fast the next part so he can keep moving. After this experience, we jump to a man named Ananias who is in Damascus. He's praying and he hears from the Lord who says, hey, go to this house on this street and there's the man, Saul of Tarsus. And you're going to lay a hand on him, you're going to pray for him, and you're going to heal him. And Ananias is like, whoa, whoa, God, did you say Saul? No, no, you can't mean that Saul, the Saul that persecutes Christians. Ananias objected because he was afraid of what God was asking him to do because he knew what Saul had done to Christians. But God answered, continuing in verse 15, saying, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. All right, now, if you don't know who this guy, Saul of Tarsus, is, here's a bit about him. 
He's a super religious man. He's, he's what we call a religious zealot is the fancy term for it. He was all about the law. He was all about the book of Leviticus. He was one of the kids that by the age of 10, he had memorized basically the five first books of the Bible. By the time he was 10. Who here memorized one book of the Bible? Half a book of the Bible. One chapter of the Bible. Oh, okay, we got a couple. All right, great. I love it. Uh, so how long do you get the first five books done? A couple more years? Maybe? Okay. All right, so this is what Saul did. Saul memorized the first five books of the Bible by the time he was 10. This is crazy. He, lo- he said he loved the Lord. He loved God. But he hated Christians because he believed that it was wrong to say that Jesus was the Son of God. We've talked about this throughout different lessons and messages in our student ministry. The religious people, the Pharisees, did not like these people, and that's kind of what Saul was. And so he hunted them down, and he either imprisoned them or got them murdered. Christians at the time were scared of him. This helps us kind of understand, right, and a nice fear of why he didn't want to go to Saul. He didn't know what was going to happen. He was afraid what Saul might do to him, but nonetheless, Ananias goes. With who, we have, with who Saul is in mind, it's safe to say the story we just read is what I like to call the greatest conversion in Christian history. The greatest conversion in Christian history. Why do I say that? Because unlike any other profession of faith, changed life that we have seen in our world today, the impact Saul had on this world is amazing. Saul would go off to plant churches. He would go off to bring the gospel to the unknown regions from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Saul had an impact on the kingdom like no other. And so what I want to do today is I want to connect Saul and what he did as we walk through this story tonight. And then I want to show how Ananias helped him and see that in our friendships today, here's our main point tonight, in our friendships today, real friends show each other grace. Real friends show each other grace. See, here's the thing. In order to understand how badly we need grace or how how great grace is and how important it is in our friendships, we need to understand how badly we need it. And Saul is a perfect example of that. See, what we read here is that Saul was hunting down Christians, not just in Jerusalem. He's like, all right, I think I've got most of the Christians in Jerusalem. Now it's time to go to the next neighboring cities. And so he got these letters from the religious leaders that he found them along the way that he could go and persecute them. He decided it was time to expand his boundaries. And so as he walked to the road of Damascus, what we see next is that his life was forever changed. Something incredible happened. See, God meets him and his whole life is forever changed. He was on his way to eradicate followers of Jesus, but then that same Jesus meets him on the road. And this interaction that Saul has with God, it made him aware he was on the wrong team. It turned Saul from an angry, violent man, it turned Saul from a persecutor of Christ to a follower of him. What an amazing turn of events. And from this conversation, Saul is told to go to Damascus where he meets our next person, Ananias. But of course, like we read, Ananias was skeptical to say the least. I know I would be, right? Wouldn't you? Like you know the name Saul of Tarsus if you're a Christian. You know to hide from Saul of Tarsus. If you see Saul of Tarsus, don't talk about Jesus. He will imprison you. He will report you to the Pharisees. Ananias was scared. And the thing is, he didn't really know that the Lord had met him on this road just yet. But he still chose to, in faith, walk and meet Saul 
and do what the Lord commanded him to do. And see, that's kind of how it works with our friends today, right? Maybe sometimes a friend has hurt you, and you don't know. You, you, you're like, man, they're, they're not sorry. They didn't know what they did. I, I don't need to go show them grace. I don't, I don't need to talk to them. But here's the reality. Just like Ananias didn't know what the Lord was doing in Saul's heart, sometimes we don't know what the Lord is doing in the heart of those who hurt us. We don't know what the Lord is doing in the lives, how he's changing them, how he is helping them see their wrong. And maybe all it takes to finish off what the Lord is doing is to walk in and show them grace, to lay a hand on them and show them that they're loved. So Ananias faithfully goes. He comes to the house that Saul was staying. He lays a hand on him saying, Brother Saul. Now this is crazy to think. If you're Saul, you have persecuted Christians. You have imprisoned them. You've killed them. You've hunted them down. And the first words a Christian says to you when he walks in your house is he lays a hand and calls you brother. Saul went from murdering and imprisoning Christians to being welcomed into their family with open arms. What a crazy turn of events. And Ananias then tells him that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit and they go and baptize him right there. They're like, all right, let's get going. Come on, come on, let's go. This is, I can't wait. This is amazing. The Lord has changed me. Let's go. I'm ready to get baptized. And it says the Holy Spirit filled him. And just like that, his life was forever changed. See, imagine this, Saul of Tarsus, the one who despised Christ and his church, is now one with his people. What grace. From this point on, he now identifies with them. He goes from being an adversary to an apostle. What grace. From this point forward, we see now that he goes from being an enemy of God to the family of God. What grace. You're asking, what can grace do when I show it to my friends? There, look at the story of Saul. Look what the grace that Ananias showed him. Look what it did for him in his life. All because Ananias did his part to trust that the Lord was working in the life of Saul and to show him grace. What about you? Are you trusting him the same? Are you trusting that no matter what that friend did to you, no matter what they said or how they hurt you, that God is calling you to show them grace? Are you doing that tonight? Are you doing that in your friendships? Have you chosen them wisely so that when the time comes, it's time to show them grace? And so that's my challenge to you tonight. My challenge is simply this on the screen. Have faith to show grace even when it doesn't make sense. Have faith to show grace even when it doesn't make sense. And maybe tonight you're here and you're holding on to something. Maybe there's a past hurt, maybe long ago or very recently, and you just can't find it to forgive that person. Maybe you're here tonight and you're saying, Josh, you just don't get it. You don't get what they did to me. You don't get how much it hurts. You don't know the pain and the weight that I'm carrying from what this person has done to me. Josh, you don't know it. And you're right, I don't. I don't know what that friend did to you. And maybe they're not really a friend, let's be honest. I don't know what they've done to you. I don't know what they've said to you. I don't know how badly it hurt. Listen, I first want to say, I trust and I know the pain is real. I know that what they've said to you, what they've done to you is hurtful. I know that you maybe you're carrying it tonight and you just can't hold it much longer. I know that the pain is real. You're right, I don't know what they did to you. I don't know how they treated you, but what I do know is what somebody already did for you. 
Jesus. Jesus came down, he lived the perfect life he could never live. He died the death you deserved on the cross. And three days later, he rose again from the grave so that you can have forgiveness and freedom from your sins forever. All you have to do is just ask and humbly receive. Say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. God, you have given me grace that I don't deserve. And if you accept that free gift tonight, then you are a believer, you're going to heaven. You're gonna spend eternity with no more sickness, no more sadness, no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering. Because of the grace that God has already shown you when you didn't deserve it, so you get to go and show grace to others that don't deserve it. Yes, the pain is still real, the pain is still hurts, the pain is still there, do not hear me say that. But what I do know is that despite that pain being there, we are called to be, to live, love, and look like Jesus, and that means showing grace to those that don't deserve it. Man, am I thankful that that friend in college showed me the grace that I didn't deserve because I don't know where I would be tonight if he didn't help me course correct and be a better person, a better leader on our hall. And so as I finish tonight, where are you? Where are you tonight? Are you holding on to something? Is there a pain that is just gripping and gnawing and eating away at you? You can't sleep at night, you can't wake up in the morning, you can't get up, you don't have motivation because that pain is just too much. Where are you tonight? Has someone done something to you that you just can't forgive? I pray that from to after tonight, when we go into life groups, talk about it, share it with your groups, tell them what's happening, tell them what you're going through, help them help you, point you to Jesus so that you can see the grace that he has given you that you didn't deserve and so you can go and give grace to them tonight. Go into groups, share it, talk about it, let it go. Healing only starts when we start talking about it. So as you go into groups tonight, be real, be vulnerable, talk about maybe what that friend did to you. Because if you wanna be a real friend, real friends show grace to each other. Let's pray.